Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds and Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's finally the most wonderful time of the year. Senior Bowl week. It is I, Rob Paul. And we don't need to make any damn introductions when we're talking Senior Bowl. So enjoy the 2022 Senior Bowl special as I break down the prospects to watch on the national team coached by the Jets. Let's hit it! Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven. Seven rounds in heaven with my lady Driving out to Vegas, baby Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out, online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. It's Sports Drink. It's Sports Drink without the vowels, really. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let... The funk out. Speaking of funk, it's going to be an interesting episode where I ride solo because I kicked AJ off the show this week to prove I am the true Senior Bowl aficionado and a Jim Nagy type in training, maybe with some different views on life. Um, so today, I'll be breaking down the Senior Bowl national team for 2022 filled with all kinds of prospects that you're going to want to hear about, coached by Robert Salah and the Jets. Uh, I'll rip through some fun, most excited to see type things, superlatives, if you will. I'll break down my favorite one-on-ones at each position, and then I'll, I'll just go quickly through position by position group, who to watch, what to watch, and why to watch them. Um, but before I get to that, I just want to do some house cleaning. Um regarding recent GM and head coaching hires. Uh, We will obviously break this down in a lot more detail uh, later on, 
when AJ's here, AJ being uh, kind of the, the source to go to when it comes to why every hire is bad. I'm a little more upbeat about these hires than maybe AJ will. Uh, but look at the GMs. We're, we're off to a great start. Uh, obviously, Rick Spielman out in Minnesota. Which way would the, the, uh, the, the Vikings go? And it, it, it looks promising. They went ahead and hired Browns VP of Football Ops, Kwesi Adofu Mensa, who, by all accounts, was kind of the guy you wanted this offseason. At least, if I were to rank new GMs up for jobs, this guy would be my number one. Not only because of his interesting background, but because he, he he's going to bring a fresh, kind of more, more analytically aware approach, I think, to the Minnesota Vikings, who... For as great as uh, they've been under Zimmer and, and Spielman in recent years, uh, if they're looking for a fresh start, this is the guy to go get. And I'm excited to see who he looks at for head coaching candidates. Um, Adolfo Mensa is a Princeton grad who walked onto their basketball team. Already an extremely interesting background. And to make it even more jaw-dropping... Um, he, he worked on Wall Street. This is a smart dude. I'm sounding a little like Colin Coward here, but this is a smart dude who started his NFL, uh, kind of executive career, um, with the 49ers, uh, back in 2013. Uh, and he, he was, he had a big part to do with their analytics. Um, and he was there, uh, until 2019, even when John Lynch came on board he was promoted to director of football research and development. And then from there, he, he uh, ended up in, in Cleveland for the last two years with Andrew Barry, who's done a great job with the Browns. Um, and you got to think, he, he's, he's had a relationship with Kevin Stefanski, who's had a relationship um, with the Minnesota Vikings and, and the Wilfs. So this seems like if Adolfo Mensa had his choice of teams, he, I would assume, talked to Stefanski about Minnesota. This just seems like a perfect match made in heaven. Uh, he killed it at his press conference. Um, slam dunk hire. Can't wait to break that down more. Uh, the Chicago Bears also made a, a pretty interesting hire. Um, hiring Chief Executive Director of Player Personnel for the Chiefs, Ryan Poles, who had been in, in Kansas City for uh, over a decade and worked his way up from just being a scouting uh, assistant all the way up to Executive executive director of player personnel and was um a big a big part of building those the recent chiefs team and obviously kind of one of brett veach's top lieutenants and brett veach has a, a great history uh of, of building teams coming over from the eagles with andy reed kind of been andy reed right hand man type and poles has come from a good tree there it's a great start he's already okayed at least okayed the bears new hire of matt eberfluss you have to assume he had something to do with that i know they were hired pretty quickly together but uh i i, I would suspect that although the mccaskies don't run a tight ship uh that polls had some say in bringing eberfluss in more on that in a second uh and then the giants also uh hired their their new gm to replace old man dave gettleman who finally retired um with joe shane the Bills' assistant GM, another one that just seems like a very good hire. All three of these are looking promising. I, I think you're excited if you're a fan of any of these teams. 
Um, and Joe Shane, he's been kind of a Brandon Bean guy forever. He, he was with him in Carolina back when Marty, the original Marty Herney GM tenure in Carolina. Uh, was there for, for years. And then went, went to Miami. Was in Miami with Chris Greer for a long, a long time. Um, which I think kind of makes you assume, just given the Greer-Brian Flores relationship, that Flores will not be looked at as the Giants head coach probably going forward. But obviously being in Buffalo with Dave, with um, with uh, Brandon Bean and having Dable there, you, you have to assume Dable's the leader in the, in the clubhouse right now, but uh, no guarantee. You love um, kind of the history with Bean being one of the best GMs in recent years. Him and McDermott came over from Carolina together. Would Joe Shane try and do the same thing coming from Buffalo with Dable. I, I like the idea of that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brian Dable. Um, but this looks like a steady hand is finally in charge in New York for the first time in a while. Quickly moving to the head coaching hires. Um, I'm, I already touched on uh, Matt Eberfluss um, being Chicago's new man. I, I don't think you can really feel too passionately one way or the other until we find out who Eberfluss hires as his offensive coordinator. Now, he has been one of the best defensive coordinators in Indianapolis for the last couple of years. Prior to that, he was in Dallas for years. Um, and it's funny, he was hired to be the Colts defensive coordinator by Josh McDaniels, who then obviously ditched the Colts, stayed with New England. And, and Frank Frank just kept him on board as his DC, and it, it worked out swimmingly. And now, this is a Maction man. He played at Toledo, so you got to respect that. Um, and on top of that, it's, it, it, it seems like a, a much better hire than a Dan Quinn, for example. No offense to Dan Quinn, one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. But we, we I hate retreads. I've loved what Matt Eberfluss has done, especially with the, the, the Colts front seven the last couple of years. He, he really... Did a great job unlocking DeForest Buckner's versatility. Um, and taking over a defense in Chicago that, despite uh, struggles under Nagy, the defense seemed to always be playing up to par. Uh, they've got a bunch of young studs. Um, and I'm just so excited to see what he does with Roquan Smith, see what he can get out of the last legs of Akeem Hicks. Um, but... Obviously, Justin Fields is the whole conversation there. We need to see who he hires as his OC. A couple of interesting candidates' uh, have, names have surfaced. Uh, the Colts have a great assistant pool to, to pick from if he wants to bring someone from Indianapolis. Um, but until until we see that, it, it's hard to say because if you're going to hire a defensive head coach when you've got a young potential franchise quarterback, I feel like it's a slippery slope unless you do nail that offensive coordinator hire. So we'll see. Um, speaking of offensive coordinator hires, Denver wanted to move on from Vic Fangio, the defensive side of the ball, go with a younger offensive choice in, in, in Nathaniel Hackett, who it's George Payton's first hire uh, as Broncos GM. Um, he was kind of forced to, forced to live with Fangio for a year. He had one of the best draft classes uh, this past year, if not the best, in his first draft with Denver, you 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 feel 
pretty, I think, excited with George, George Payton as your, as your GM if you're a Broncos fan. But I do not like the Nathaniel Hackett hire. Um, and that's not just because his dad, Paul Hackett, was a terrible head coach and was bad at USC and was bad at Pitt. But it's because, I don't know, he's a, a lifelong Doug Marone guy who he, ha- he had some highlights in, in Jacksonville as the offensive coordinator and play caller at times. Uh, but he spent the last three years kind of rehabbing his Im- image in Green Bay where he doesn't call plays, which I think is always a raise an eyebrow type thing. Um, I mean, for years, people would use that as a reason Eric Bieniemy couldn't get a head coaching job. Now he does call plays and still can't get one. Um, this kind of does feel like a Hail Mary to hopefully bring Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Hackett and Rodgers have a great relationship. It wouldn't be shocking to see them want to team up again if Rodgers truly does want to Green Bay, especially with how it ended uh, in the playoffs. I don't know. This one just, it's hard to gauge. I, 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 I don't love hiring an offensive coordinator who wasn't a play caller and kind of rose in the rankings of a head coach due to Hall of Fame quarterback play. Uh, plus the yeah, the Doug Marone thing I think is just really funny. He he was with Doug Marone in Buffalo or in um, Syracuse at Syracuse. Uh, he then followed him to Buffalo and then Jacksonville. Like he is a Marone lifer. Prior to that, he, he got his start in the league with John Gruden in Tampa as a quality control guy. But um, he, all the substantial kind of coaching stops have been under Doug Marone until Green Bay, where he just again rehabbed his Im- image. Um, this is, this is kind of shaky. He, if they don't bring Aaron Rodgers in, you have to wonder if, if Hackett really even lasts more than two years. Um, but more on all that at a later date when we go through our GM and, and head coaching hired special, because today we're talking senior bowl. We are talking the greatest week of the NFL calendar. If you're a draft nerd, um, I will not be in Mobile. I know you've all been wondering, will Rob get to Mobile? No, he will not. But I have my virtual media credentials, and that's enough to get me that beautiful, beautiful tape that we all covet so much. And be sure to follow me on Twitter. AJ's not here to stop me from making plugs. So be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rob, double underscore Paul, for tons of practice clips next week. Uh, I've, I've spent the past couple weeks preparing for this show, watching every Senior Bowl prospect. Uh, including guys from schools I can't even pronounce the name of, because this is the best time of the year. The Senior Bowl is, sure, it doesn't always work out when a guy kills it at the Senior Bowl and gets drafted higher, but I'm here to tell you which guys will probably do that this week. Whether they end up playing well in the NFL or not, who really knows? Um, Not me, but I can tell you what I do know about these guys. And so starting with a couple quick superlatives, uh, this is a good-looking Senior Bowl group, especially considering it's not the strongest draft. There's a lot of interesting guys. Um, on this national team alone, we have two non-quarterback uh, first-round pick types on offense and, and a couple guys on defense who could potentially uh, put, them, put themselves in the uh, top 50 conversation and that, that's not even touching on who seems like a first-round lock in, in Devin Lloyd. Uh, so, 
I think the most exciting I am to see anyone overall is what Jahan Dodson, the Penn State wide receiver, is going to do. Wide receiver corner one-on-ones are kind of the best thing about the Senior Bowl. That and I'm offensive and defensive line, obviously. But I'm a sucker for wide receivers putting DBs through spin cycle with beautiful route running and watching that release off the line of scrimmage. It's a good time to focus in and watch how that how they how they work their release, how their releases vary from rep to rep. How they play different DBs different ways. Obviously, you're getting to see these guys go up against different flavors of cornerbacks. Bigger, smaller, faster, stronger. Um, and Dotson just... he He's a first-round type of player who put up 1,100 yards at Penn State this past year despite some terrible quarterback play from Sean Clifford. Sorry, Nittany Lions fans. He'll be back in, in at Penn State. Um, and... For a smaller guy, he plays really big. He, he's 5'11", 180-ish. But, I mean, reflect last year on that Sean Wade, Ohio State game where he basically ruined Sean Wade's stock by just making contested catch after contested catch against a much bigger corner. Um, ridiculous ball skills to go with. Not, not maybe the biggest burner, but he is so agile. And his, his short area quickness makes him... Such a such a potentially scary route runner. And he got better as a route runner this past year too. And now I think Mobile, it's all gonna come together. He I I, I don't particularly love any of the corners on, on this uh on the national team. Uh, I think it's a big mismatch for whoever has to handle Jahan Dotson rep to rep. Um and I think we, we come away looking at Jahan Dotson if we aren't already as a consensus top twenty five pick consensus first round pick in in a class that offensively it lacks but the wide receiver room maybe doesn't have a slam dunk top 10 pick but there's about like five or six guys who could put themselves in that in that clear first round talk and Dotson's going to do it looking at it from the defensive side I have to go with a guy I just love and that that's Baylor safety DB whatever you want to call him Swiss Army Swiss Army knife Jalen Petrie um Kind of plays that that blitzing nickel type, move him around, can play some too deep, can match up on a tight end if you need, uh, can play in the box certainly despite not being the biggest guy. Kind of reminds you a little bit of what Javon, Javon Holland did at Oregon two years ago where he's more of a weapon than a position. He's a little positionless. Um, in what world do you see a, a DB have 29 and a half tackles for loss over a two-year span, because uh, that's what Petrie did in 23 games at Baylor under Dave Aranda. Um, he is a blitzing massacre. Uh, one of the most physical presences in, in the defensive backfield in, in the draft, and has instincts for days. You can see that reflected in his ability in zone coverage. Dominant, dominant flats man, um, but what, what could stop him from being a clear-cut day two pick is coverage. And it's not a great safety class after Kyle Hamilton. He is very much in the conversation to be the second safety off the board in my eyes. How will he hold up, especially in man coverage, um, against this wide receiver room? And 
it potentially, the, it hopefully we get to see him against tight ends as well, um, where I think he'll have s- some more luck. But like seeing if if we get Petrie versus Dotson, that's get your popcorn ready type type play, because Petrie's although he's a downhill thumper at DB, how will he cover um, deeper routes? How 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 does he do with his feet? Can be a little all over the place at times. He's not the most fluid safety. He's like um, a bit of a linebacker playing nickel at times, right? So we really need to see from him how he can hold up uh, rep to rep in coverage. And if he does, I mean, this is a guy every every coach is going to want, especially given how well a guy like Javon Holland played as a rookie. Now he slid to the second round, but uh, Petrie's fighting to get himself in the second round. Or even the, even the third round, I think he's a third round lock, but I'm I'm very excited to see him. Uh, a couple more quick more quickly. Uh, the top non FBS guy is sometimes more of a more of a debate. Not not with this national team. Not with this national team. Arguably the best offensive player, um, the highest rate offensive player on my board on this national team is a non FBS guy, uh, and, and that's Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning, who. Is gonna be a first round pick. It's it's hard to imagine unless he has a terrible senior bowl week, which I don't see happening. He feels like a lock. Six seven three hundred twenty pound freak show. Who Spencer Brown a little more athletic coming out of Northern Iowa last year, but Penning is way more sound. And and, and that's not the to dump on Pen, uh, Brown too much because he had he had a pretty terrific rookie year at right tackle for Buffalo. Um, but Penning, he's a lot more technically sound. His feet are cleaner. He plays. Although he can play high at times, he plays with a lot more, um, a lot more bend. Uh, he he's he's kind of a natural sit down anchor dude. He can he can handle power. He's got the the um, lateral agility to reach landmarks, handle speed, uh, and he's a motherfucker. He kills dudes, uh, and he is well rounded. He's not a six seven three hundred twenty pounds just straight mauler. He can hold up in pass protection. He's not a guy you're looking at and being like, this guy's got to kick inside at the next level or that old left tackle, right tackle. Play, play him at either one because they're equally important pretty much at this point. Um, and Penning, I uh, I mean, I think right now he's a consensus first-round pick, but he could leave Mobile as a, as a top, top 20 lock in, in a weaker class that, especially after Evan Neal and, and Iki Kwanu, uh, I think he, he, he could be potentially Charles Cross level in terms of this tackle group. And there's a there's a couple really good tackles on this national squad, and I'm really excited to see him playing up to, playing up against FBS Power Five competition. Uh, most approve on offense, it's in in a group like this, it's the quarterbacks. Um, unclear quarterback class. No one no one's a first round lock, but history says we'll have two or three guys go anyway. I mean, EJ Manuel and Christian Ponder were first round picks at one point. Um, all three of the guys here, I think, are, are in the thick of conversation to be one of the top uh, quarterbacks in, in off the board. Um, starting with uh, Kenny Pickett, who obviously had the best, best season among them. Um, if he shows up and continues to play like he, he did down the stretch for Pitt, where he ended up as a Heisman candidate, uh, finished third, Finished above Will Anderson, which is crazy, but um, he he's got that kind of the touch and the decision making, clean clean in terms of mechanics, but he doesn't wow you with athleticism. He doesn't have like he he can make plays that are structured. He's got enough movement ability, 
but he doesn't have a huge arm. He doesn't have that um, kind of make plays uh, as, a, as a true runner type guy at the next level. Um, whereas Desmond Ritter has those things, but he needs to clean up decision-making. Ritter's got the best arm of the group here. He's the best athlete of the group here. Um, he will force balls. He'll miss high. He He's pretty sporadic uh, accuracy-wise, but he's really clean mechanically too. Um, and then the third guy is, is Carson Strong, who he his hype seems to have died down a bit from the summer. But with Carson Strong... You're getting a guy who I think he he has um, enough arm. I don't think he has a wild arm, but he's the most accurate, especially on the deep ball. So you, you've got a guy in Pickett who's probably the cleanest as a whole, a guy in Carson Strong who's a little more accurate, and a guy in Desmond Ritter who's got the tools to be the best by far. Uh, and it, it's going to be really fun to see them all next to each other. Uh, and obviously they've got the most approved because this senior bowl week could define the pecking order in this uh, quarterback class. Uh, and the most approved on defense, a little bit more of a struggle. Uh, I think it's my Jay Sanders. My Jay Sanders has kind of spent the last two years being uh, looked at as a potential first round guy, um, a definite day two guy, a guy who at Cincinnati looked like he belonged in the power five, six five two sixty, um, play played. He's, he's an edge rusher who at times could play five tech if needed. He played four eye at some points when they go with, the, with a, that three man front look at, at, with the Bearcats and Luke Fickle. Um, he is a juicy athlete. He gets off the ball like a dynamo. He plays his ass off. You'll see him make plays against the run backside. He sets the edge pretty well. Um, what does he look like when you just isolate him as a pass rusher? Will he learn to use his hands better? Because that's kind of the thing that worries you. What's his potential as a pass rusher? He's never really consistently used his hands. He's not the bendiest guy around the edge either. Although he's a great athlete, he's a little stiff. He doesn't really have that one thing he relies on as a pass rusher to consistently make plays. And that he that was in the AAC. Like, um, as good as he was this year, and he looked great against Alabama when not up against Evan Neal. Um, seeing him in those one-on-ones... And what his passer's plan looks like could make or break him as a as a top forty pick type player, um, but again in, in this in this uh, in this edge group I think he's by far the most talented uh, on the national team, um, and the guy who puts himself in the first round conversation, who is it's starting to come already, uh, but. I, I, I think he's got really especially because of his versatility he's got a really good chance to lock himself in there is Houston's Logan Hall who is being looked at as an edge and a defensive tackle so I'm putting him in the interior defensive line group for this national team mainly because they're that like that I I really want to see what he looks like in there I his weigh-in is going to be important he was listed at 260 he's been listed at 275 how big is he really a guy who, um, like Peyton Turner coming coming out of Houston last year, had height, weight, speed, freak show, who uh, played inside when they asked him to. He, now, he's not quite as twitchy as Turner, 
but he's a little more powerful. He's got a nasty bull rush. He played three tech more often than uh, Paterno as well. So we, you've seen him play inside a lot. He's a, a balls to the wall type of hustle player. Strong hands, has a pass rush plan. Getting to see if he, what he weighs in at, which could define what position he's looked at as, and then how he how he thrives, whether he's playing inside or out or both, which I think is the best way you get the most out of him. Um, he could leave Mobile being looked at as, as a first-round guy. I mean, the edge class really is strong at the top, but drops off a bit. And the interior D-line class itself is just not that great. Um, and if you view him as an interior defensive lineman, he, he could be the most talented in the class. That's, no, that's not me throwing shade at a guy like Jordan Davis, but he just offers you a little more. Uh, so I really do believe he could be the first round dude out of this the, this group who isn't solidified himself there quite yet. Moving on to a little one-on-one talk. Nothing gets the juices flowing like the one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl. Uh, and, I mean, if AJ was here, AJ would probably argue O-line, D-line's the best. I'd probably argue wide receiver corner just because I just... Watching, watching wide receivers work their release and their routes is poetry in motion to me. Um, but let's turn on the interior O-line versus the interior D-line. And I, because I was just talking about Logan Hall, if he's if he's inside, seeing him against Zion Johnson, uh, Johnson, last year had he come out, I, I think he, w- he would have slid because he struggled when Boston College asked him to play left tackle last year. This year, they moved him back to left guard, and he was dominant. He is one of the best movers in this class on the interior. Um I kind of right now I see it as as a as a three men who you can view as potential first round interior players in Tyler Linderbaum, Kenyon Green, and Zion Johnson. And Zion Johnson in his own scheme is gonna be a monster. Not only does he have those movement skills, his his nastiness kind of just took it to another level this year, and you love to see that. And seeing him who he he's not the longest guy, he's six three, that's why he fits a lot better at guard than tackle. Um, but seeing him deal with Logan Hall's power and Logan Hall's length going to be really interesting. Zion Johnson's anchor is kind of my biggest question with him. Uh, it's not a huge question, but if I'm going to be nitpicky, I, that that's sometimes he doesn't have enough sand in his pants to sink down and, and hold up against power, and Logan Hall's a power master. So seeing that's going to be a ton of fun. Moving to offensive tackle versus edge, I already talked about both these guys too. Trevor Penning versus MyJ Sanders. If MyJ Sanders can get the best of Penning throughout practice week, I think a lot of people are gonna are gonna raise an eyebrow at it and maybe start to view him as a late first round guy. Alternatively, if Penning just ends him, that's because that's Penning. Logan Hall and MyJ Sanders are gonna be the the toughest dudes Penning faces. If he ends those guys, I I, I mean top fifteen is certainly seeable he he's a pro ready left tackle who maybe you flip him the right side but either way that's a day one starting tackle right there and if he handles potential top 50 picks in logan hall and myj sanders game over uh moving to position groups i haven't really touched on wires or running back versus linebacker you don't really know how often you'll see this hopefully we get some pass catching opportunities with the two uh we, we should um, running back's a, a hard position to flash your talents in, in a all-star game type setting. 
outside of showing what you can do as a pass catcher and showing what you can do in pass protection. And that's why Rashad White versus Devin Lloyd's what I need to see. Rashad White, in a weak running back class, Rashad White is a dynamic pass catcher who kind of this taller, high-cut back, but with straight-line explosion, really elusive in the open field. Uh, the, the, the Juco transfer has been a dynamo since he arrived at Arizona State. Um, and if he can if he can cook some uh, linebackers throughout practice week, I think a lot of smart offensive coordinators who like position running backs who can move around because of their pass catching ability are gonna really fall for him. Like I, he's not Alvin Kamara, obviously, but having that type of explosive, elusive pass catching back has been become a huge thing and he's he's bigger than a lot of them like Naeem Hines is my favorite one and he's a lot bigger he's 6'2 210 he's a really interesting player and he got 43 passes this past year uh he only played 15 games for the Sun Devils he got 51 passes in those games ran for 1400 yards uh seeing him against Devin Lloyd who's a potential top 10 pick and one of the most athletic linebackers uh in college football to go with one of them being one of the most aggressive players who can Utah played him at Mike. They played him at Will. They let him rush the passer when they needed. If Devin Lloyd wants to be that top ten pick, he needs to show he can hold up in coverage. That's that's not to say he he won't be able to, but I get some Devin White vibes in terms of when he's downhill, he's a monstrous, destructive player. But when he's moving backwards or asked to to match up with a more talented pass catching back, he 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 can struggle with a his position, his feet, b. If he's in zone, sometimes his eyes lie to him. So Utah, a lot of the time, blitzed the hell out of him or just had him um, uh, kind of stay on the QB in a spy situation. So if if Devin Lloyd's to be that top 10 pick, he needs to show up in coverage. So that's, that's the marquee matchup among running backs and linebackers, no doubt about it. And then shifting the receiver corner, Jahan Dotson's the, the, the story, obviously. Uh... And I mentioned the corners. I don't love the corners here. But teammate Tariq Castro-Fields is, I think, the highest upside of the corners. Now, I think he's a day three guy, and he's at his best in off man. Uh, he struggles in press. He, he doesn't have great eyes in zone. But this is a great place for him to show his ability in man. And oh, he's got the, the, the deep field explosion. He's got great feet. The feet really stood out. That's why he plays so well in off man. Clicking closes there all day. Gets downhill in a hurry. Um, just needs to do a better job finding the football. Needs to do a better better job uh, when asked to press. He needs to be more physical. He's got the size to be more physical. Six foot. Uh, but yeah, seeing Dotson versus him is going to be big. And then alternatively, Dotson versus Kobe Bryant, who shockingly in my eyes won the Thorpe over teammate Sauce Gardner at Cincinnati this past year. Now, Kobe Bryant's another day three type of guy who I think is very sound in both zone and man. I think he's at his best in zone. Good feet, pretty fluid, 6'1", moves pretty well. Uh, but does he have the speed? Does he have the quick twitch ability to hang with a Dotson when Dotson's running um, post, when, when Dotson's kind of Stemming him one way, taking him the other. Does he have the makeup speed to stick with him? And he needs to be more aggressive at the line of scrimmage as well and, and use that size to his advantage. Um, this is a big prove-it week for all the corners there, especially when taking on Jahan Dotson. And then the final uh, the final kind of hopefully matchup 
position wise is tight end versus safety where we have uh, a very cloudy tight end group I'll say I think all all the tight ends here are kind of all over the place in rankings right now um, and the national team has two guys who could be day two picks maybe three even and the safeties, they only have three. I already talked about Jalen Petrie. But the, the biggest, the biggest potential defensive back riser here, the one I'm most excited to see in this situation is Kirby Joseph of Illinois. And I can't wait to see him against Trey McBride of Colorado State. McBride's kind of taken on the title as clear tight end one for a lot of people. I'm not there with him. I think he 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 I mean, he had a monstrous season. He was used a lot to be schemed touches because Colorado State had very little going for them. Shout out Steve Adazio, you suck. Great hands, not a great athlete, great body control and ability to make contested catches through traffic. But I want to see what he does as a red runner and what he does athletically. How does he move when asked to run more than just... Uh, intermediate routes or flats routes, short routes, slants. I want to see how he handles a, a, a very athletic, great moving safety in Kirby Joseph, who wasn't even a starter to begin the year at Illinois. Younger player too. He's a senior, but I, I believe he's only 21. Um, Illinois had him playing single high, too deep. Uh, when he came in against Virginia, when Mike Brown got hurt, he earned that starting job the rest of the year. Great instincts and coverage. Very fluid, very rangy. How does he look in man coverage? He's he's a well well built six one two hundred. How does he handle manning up on on bigger pass catchers like a McBride, like a Jeremy Ruckert, like a Cole Turner? Um, he's got the ball skills and, and everything you like to see in a in a safety who plays deep. But I want to see how physical he can get. Uh, he missed some tackles at, at Illinois this past year, but uh, great week for him to potentially, I think honestly, lock himself into that second round combo. Especially if he outplays Jalen Petrie, that'll be big. This is a reminder that today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Alright. I'm going to go position by position here. And, and kind of look at each guy quickly. Uh, and, and maybe talk about who, who my favorite is. Uh, who's the most talented and all that, that good stuff. So starting at quarterback, obviously we've got Nevada's Carson Strong, Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett, and Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. I think we're probably right now, most people, at least based on mock drafts, are viewing Kenny Pickett as the potential first-round quarterback, the potential first quarterback off the board in a class that's got f- five guys here who are all fighting to be first-round potential players, along with uh, Matt Corral at Ole Miss. So we got six quarterbacks in this class who some people at, at some point think is a think is a first-round pick. And, and Pickett's the, the biggest one, 42 touchdowns, 4,300 yards, huge year at Pitt after kind of four or three years of 
borderline mediocrity, kind of boneheaded decisions at times. Uh, the the arm held him back, but this year he seemingly unlocked everything with Mark Cupel calling plays. He's a, to me a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback. You get him in the right system. He's got everything there to be a, a productive quarterback who could potentially take your team to the playoffs. But alternatively, I do worry about the the kind of not having that one trait to to, to hang his hat on. He he's safe. He's got enough arm. He's a smarter decision maker than some of the the other quarterbacks in this class. He, he but also doesn't necessarily take as many deep shots as a result. Um, he can get flustered under pressure all the series a lot better at that, at creating on his own, um, making plays out of structure. Um, he's not the Joe Burrow glow-up type. He doesn't, to me, have that. But a great week could make someone bite on him in the first round. I, don't, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I wouldn't do it with any of the quarterbacks. I don't think any of the quarterbacks in this class should go in the first round. I think you wait till next year. Bryce Young, C.J. Shroud, it's a better crop. Um, but he, he, he's kind of the guy who I think this week not only has, has to prove he belongs in that first-round conversation, but has to just look better than all the other quarterbacks because that's how a lot of people view him right now. Whereas I think Desmond Ritter comes away as the biggest riser because he's got the most talent, the biggest arm, maybe the cleanest mechanics, uh, the best runner. Um he, he's a guy I think you're, you're more comfortable drafting and developing, uh, whereas you might be more comfortable throwing Kenny Pickett into the fire, but I, I don't know how high Kenny Pickett's ceiling is, higher floor, but Ritter's ceiling is far higher. And again, I wouldn't touch him in the first round, but when you can rip the ball like he can and make plays with his legs like he can, it's, it's exciting. But again, he needs to show way better accuracy, way better accuracy. Like... If, if you throw on uh, the Notre Dame game this past year, he had a great game, statistically, but he was still missing a lot of balls. 10-plus 10, 10 was, was certainly sketchy. Uh, at times, he'll overshoot, for example, he'll overshoot Alec Pierce, who's running kind of free deep. Uh, so he needs to clean that up this week. And, and I think Carson Strong's my favorite of the crop. I've got him ranked the highest right now. Um, I think with him, you, you have a... An idea of what you can get with a guy who who puts the ball where it needs to be. He, now the arm, the athleticism, it's kind of a worry, but great touch passer. Um, placement's pretty consistent at each level. Uh, but if he if he just doesn't look like he has enough arm or, uh, if that knee the the checks on his knee come back poorly, you worry about that. I, I kind of don't really think any of these three are going to wow all that much. Um, I like, I, I kind of just overall prefer the American team's quarterbacks. I think you get a lot more fun with Malik Willis, Sam Howell, and Bailey Zappi. Uh, but it wouldn't be shocking to see either Pickett or Ritter take this 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 by the by the horns and, and come away as viewed as a first-round guy. Ritter loves been increasing on Twitter. Pick, Pickett's always had... A lot of love. Um, I'll, I'll stick with Carson Strong. Moving to running backs. We've got Baylor's Abram Smith, Arizona State's Rashad White, Cincinnati's Jerome Ford, Missouri's Tyler Batty, Michigan's Hassan Haskins, and Oklahoma fullback Jeremiah Hall. White's, White's I think, got the best chance to make himself uh, some money 
um, because of what he does as a pass catcher, because of how smooth he is in the open field. Um, now, if he can come away looking solid in pass protection too, that'll do wonders because it'll confirm his ability as a third down back at the next level. At minimum, he's a really talented satellite back who would complement pretty much any any starting back in the league. I don't I don't know that any of these guys are day two uh, type picks. Abram Smith, who I have ranked the highest, and I think he he probably has the most to, most to prove. He's a physical line former linebacker playing running back. He's got some Chris Carson type aspects to him with dominant contact balance. Just looks looks to punish defenders. He's got enough quickness and burst. You saw that a, a couple times for the Bears this past year where he ripped off big chunk runs. Uh, he's also a very consistent pass blocker. So I think he'll look great in the pass blocking uh, reps in, in practice. But how does he catch the ball? He is a little unnatural. He he wasn't used very often as a pass catcher. But to play in this league, you have to be able to be a compliment on a passing down. Um, so he, if he can prove that, I, I, and he comes away testing well at the combine, maybe he ends up being a, a day two pick. Maybe he ends up sneaking into the third round. Um, I, th I think Jerome Ford, the Alabama transfer turned Cincinnati star running back, is the best combination of, of burst and size among these backs. He is a straight-line monster. Um, he ripped off huge chunk. Watch the Central Florida game. He outruns the whole defense with his burst. But he's also 215 pounds, and, he, and he's got pretty damn good contact balance. He can run inside. He can bounce things outside, make plays. He's another guy who didn't catch a ton, a ton of passes that, that, that really took an uptick this past year. He needs to look more natural passing as a pass catcher and needs to show pass blocking ability. That's what kind of this week is generally... Best for us. Who, who can play on passing downs? I think Tyler Beatty, the Missouri backs, my favorite sleeper, one of my favorite sleepers of the whole thing, one of my favorite backs of this season, and he was a late addition to the senior bowl. Um, he spent three years as Larry Roundtree's backup uh, and more as a pass catcher. Eli Drinkwitz did a really good job the last two years using him as a pass catcher as well. This year he takes on the star role, runs for 1,600 yards in the SEC, catches 54 balls. Um... Now, he's not as nearly as athletic, I don't think, especially laterally as um, Naeem Hines. But he, he's got a nat natural instincts in the open field to make guys miss. He, he's got enough short area quickness to, if you get the ball to him in, in, in space, he can make something happen. He's also got a little, a little more thump and contact balance to him than a Naeem Hines. Um, he's a satellite back, and if he can pass block, that's big for him. Hassan Haskins is, is feels like a day three lock. He's Mr. Consistent in this group. He's going to be a one-cut backup who complements a starter well with his physical ability inside. Uh, didn't, didn't have to do a ton on passing downs at Michigan, but uh, I think a fairly confident pass blocker that you, you, you're excited to see. Um... I, I don't think he'll hurt or help himself overly. I just think he's a late day three guy. And then Jeremiah Hall, with the way uh, the tight end and full, kind of having a fullback who can play a little tight end, he caught a ton of passes as a fullback at Oklahoma. He, he's an H-back that I think you want on your team. He Both him and Connor Hayward, the uh, American team's fullback, um, are versatile guys who, who play these H-back these in line, line the backfield type roles. And he blocks his ass off. Uh, he's he's going to, I think, probably be a starting fullback uh, next year. 
I've already waxed poetic about Jahan Dotson as we move through receivers, but we've also got Nevada's Romeo Dubes, Boise State's uh, Khalil Shakir, North Dakota State's Christian Watson, Cincinnati's Alec Pierce, and uh, Rutgers' Bo Melton. And, and Dotson's obviously the most talented, but who will be the biggest riser of the week? I think it's Christian Watson. Uh, coming from the, the FCS at North Dakota State, he, he was awesome with Trey Lance two years ago. Um, and he, he's remained awesome for them. Not a lot of guys, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, who can move like him. Now, we'll see if he's actually that tall. I, I think he's more of a 6'3 guy, but he does a ton after the catch for a big, bigger wide receiver as well. Um, I can't wait to see what he looks like running routes against these 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 corners. Um, route running is where he's going to need to show he's improved. He used a lot of screens and deep flies and, and whatnot posts. I want, I want to see what he looks like getting in and out of his breaks against this group. Uh, Khalil Shakir, I think, is probably one of my favorite guys here. Um, just overall, regardless of position, has the speed to make plays deep. Boise State used him all over the place. He lined up a running back slot. He's a big jet sweep player for them. He also played played like a big man at times for them. He made some of the best catches of the season. He's an elite man at finding holes in zone. He's a day like a fourth round, I think, type guy who can come in and instantly have a role. Um uh kind of I, I, similar to Carson Strong. I, I think people just stopped watching Nevada. But he he's just a very solid player. Kind of some Marvin Jones to him, maybe to a lesser degree. Can play uh, X or Z. Great ball skills. Tracks the ball really well. Just a natural. Shows late hands. Uh, how will he look speed-wise against higher-level competition? And what's he going to look like route tree-wise? He, he was in the air raid system, so I, I want to see that. Alec Pierce is a guy who... I don't see the day two hype that he's getting, but he is a 6-3 playmaker who has the ability to separate deep, make some great plays in traffic, 50-50 combat catch type player, um, but routes, 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 routes. He didn't run a lot at Cincinnati. How will he look against these corners? Finally, Bo Melton is more of a, a move player, a, a, a guy that lined up in the slot, good punt returner. I think he's a high-priority undrafted guy that, that you want to take a look at. Tight ends, it's Jeremy Rucker at Ohio State, Nevada's Cole Turner, Colorado State's Trey McBride, Iowa State's Charlie Kohler. I Cole, Cole Turner, really great opportunity for him. Former wide receiver, 6'6", 240. Just, I think, moves at a different level than the rest of these guys. And seeing him against Power 5 competition and... Seeing how he blocks, because he, he played a lot in the slot and out wide at, at Nevada in the air raid. Is, he, is, is there enough weight to him to hold up as a blocker? What's he going to look like in line? McBride, I want to see. I already touched on a little bit. I just want to see how athletic he looks against these guys. Rucker's a guy who just didn't have a lot of pass. He's like the anti holter Not a lot of pass-catching opportunities. Um, consistent hands, really physical blocker. Maybe the best blocking tight end in the class. Um... Played a lot in line. And then uh, Kohler is, eh, I don't know. He, he's been around forever. He's one of those Iowa State guys. He, he's big. He He's a willing blocker, but not the best blocker. Good hands, really good hands. Just not a very good athlete. And, and seeing how he looks as a route runner is going to be big because he just, to me, doesn't have the, the athletic chops to, to be a, a, a guy you look at really before the, probably before the fifth round, before the sixth round even. 
Um, overall, I, I think Jeremy Rucker ends up being the biggest riser uh, because you already know what you're getting as a blocker, and if he can if he can be competent as a pass catcher, uh, I think that's big. McBride's got to prove he's got the athleticism to be that tight end one. And Cole Turner, I think, is just the most talented guy. Moving to the offensive line, um, the, the, the Senior Bowl doesn't list who's a tackle and who's an interior guy, so you kind of do some guesswork. Uh, I think some guys will be moving all over. I talked about Zion Johnson. He's the best guard. I talked about Trevor Penning. He's the best tackle. After Penning, you've got Abraham Lucas, Bernard Raymond, and Daniel Falale. All three of those guys could be top 50 picks. I think Raymond's really starting to make a push to be a first-round guy because of how athletic he is, former tight end, still new to football, came over from Germany. Um, and he his ability to mirror, but also in the run game, he mashes. He's a little plays a little unbalanced and a little high, but he plays really physical. And you just kind of want to sure up his technique, see how his hands look. Do his hands and feet stay connected? Can he anchor down? Because, he, he, again, former tight end, not the biggest guy. Heaviest guy, six seven though. Um, so I want to see that with him, but I do think he's the biggest riser. My favorite is Abraham Lucas, kind of old Mister Consistent, really smooth. Played in the air raid, played in the run and shoot, really smooth pass protector, great feet, mirrors really well, anchors well, has has the length and in, in, in size um, to handle both uh, both bigger pass rushers, but the the quickness to handle speed. Um, he didn't run block a ton, a ton at Washington State. That went up in the uh, run and shoot, obviously. But uh, seeing him in in team drills, how does he how does he look? Does he bend? Does he get enough leverage as a run blocker? Um, he, I, I, I think maybe I'm just too high on him, but I, I really do think he's a, a potential late first round pick along with uh, a guy like Raymond and Falale, who's six nine. I think he's got the most to prove. He's a, uh, another guy who's into football from Australia. Um, he's 6'9". He is a ridiculous athlete for 6'9". Has feet that you would not believe a 6'9 man could have. Um, would have made a great basketball player. Can his height be an issue? Guys can get under him. I want to see how he handles that. Will he, will he be able to sink low enough to handle a guy like Arnold Ebiketti? Does he have the hands to battle with a guy like Logan Hall? It's a big prove-it week for him. And I think the sleeper of the group is Andrew Stuber uh, from Michigan, who I really like Andrew Stuber. Um, now, he plays right tackle for Michigan. He's 6'7", 340-ish. I think you kick him inside the guard. He reminds me a little bit of Ben Cleveland last year, where he's just this massive, mean MFer who great physical hands, plays with a, a lot of power and leg drive, can be sloppy in pass protection because he's not a great athlete. His feet are a little sporadic. He he doesn't necessarily reach his landmarks on time when he's facing a speed rusher. And he can get a little high. If I kick him inside, I think I've got a, a mean-looking guard who's going to do a lot of damage. Uh, the other guys I put in the tackle group are um, Matt Waltzko from North Dakota, who I think he's a promising swing tackle who plays with a lot of... Uh, I love shock in his hands. He plays with a pretty damn good leverage for a 6'7 tackle. Now, he's not a great athlete. How will he handle speed is a big question. And alternatively, Southern's Jatir Carter, who was a late ad, is one of the most athletic linemen in the class, but he's only about 275 pounds. Let's see what he weighs in at, but he moves like he's a tight end. Um, but obviously, 
there's there's a lack of strength to him. He can get a little high. How will he handle a power rusher? I think a guy like Logan Hall could blow him up. But I'm, I'm excited to see see him as well. And looking at the interior, I talked about Zion Johnson. The other guys I threw in with the interior group are Chad Nugas, Cole Strange, Central Michigan's Luke Gadecki, Fordham's Nick Zackelge, and Oklahoma's Marquise Hayes. Uh, Zion Johnson's the most talented. Cole Strange is going to be, I think, the biggest rival of the week. I think he's a little older, but there's not a true center in this group. I think he'll be playing center a lot of the week. He's 6'6". He is one of the um, kind of meanest dudes in the class. He's not a great athlete um, per se. He plays really high. His feet are his base and his feet can get all mixed up, which can hurt his anchor. But when he is on, he he drives guys. He's a six-year senior. He in a power scheme, I think you've got to start in center potentially right here, and he's gonna help himself a lot. Gadecki, the teammate of Ray, uh, Raymond, doesn't get as much hype, but he played right tackle. I think he's a guard. Um, He's a really a, – a, a guy, maybe to a lesser degree, reminds me a little bit of Andrew Stuber. You kick him inside, tons of power behind his hands, um, plays with a lot of a – a big-time mean streak. I like him. Uh, Zach Lange is uh, a guy there's not a ton out there on, but he played left tackle. I think he's a guard just because, again, can't hang athletically, um, but has some mean finish to him. Kind of an undrafted guy to keep my eye on um, who uh, – I think it thinks a bit of a sleeper. He has a big week. I think Marquise Hayes has the most proof. That Oklahoma offensive line struggled a ton this year, um, and you you worry with him that you're not getting uh, you're you're not getting a guy who's gonna hold up um, because he's just kind of all over in terms of technique. He's six five three fifty. A lot of these guys are big dudes. There's not a ton a ton of athleticism. Uh, Beyond in the in the group I've, I've got here at interior, other than Zion Johnson, but he's got a big week ahead of him. Uh, quickly to the interior interior defensive line, I talked about Logan Hall, who I'm sticking in here. There's Perion Winfrey from Oklahoma, UConn's Travis Jones, Ohio State Tasco Garrett, and UCLA's Otito Ogbanya. Uh, Hall's the most talented. I th- I think everyone can kind of agree on that. With Perion Winfrey, he he was a JUCO who had a big year out of kind of out of nowhere last year. And then had a good year, but maybe not the great year a lot of us were hoping to see him rise that first round talk. But he is a, a very, I think, freaky athlete in a weak interior defensive line class. This could be huge for him. Can he use his hands? Can he unlock more of a passer's plan by pairing his get-off, his power, with some handwork? He's... A little light in terms of ability to anchor down against the run. How will he look taking on uh, offensive linemen in team drills? If he if he can show increased pass rush plan and ability to hold the point against the run, big, big chance for him. Travis Jones is my favorite. Travis Jones, I think a lot of people really like Travis Jones. He was the best player for years at UConn, 6'4", 330. Not the best athlete. Can push the pocket a little bit with some power. But this is a NFL nose tackle, one tack. I think... You, you, you take him, and he, he's going to start for you for a long time. He holds the point really well. He keeps his linebackers clean. He just absorbs space. Haskell Garrett's got the most to prove. Haskell Garrett was an All-American. Haskell Garrett did not play like an All-American. He had some he was part of some splashy stuff for Ohio State the last few years, but he really leans on his gap shooting ability and his quickness. Quickness is his top trait. 
but he, he could get blown up at times against the run. He just gets moved. Can he anchor down? Can he add something more to his pass rush plan? Can he, beyond just shooting a gap now, athleticism in guys? Like, when he takes on a Zion Johnson, he's less athletic. How's he going to handle that? We we got we got to wait and find out. No, Otito Agbonia, I'm not for taking nose tackles early, but Otito Agbonia is a, a high-priority free agent, I think, who, 320, he's got some quickness to him. Um, he's a bit of a sleeper in this group. Getting to edge, we've got Cincinnati's MyJ Sanders, Miami of Ohio's Dominique Robinson, Penn State's Arnold Ebiketti, Minnesota's Boy Maffey, Minnesota's Esezi Otomu, I butchered that, Ohio State's Tyreek Smith, and Oklahoma's Isaiah Thomas. MyJ Sanders is the most talented, talked about him. Boy Maffey's going to be the biggest riser. Boy Maffey um, played really well this year for Minnesota. He's 6'4", 260. Uh, he has a ton of power. Speed speed to power is really strong with him. His twitch for a 265-pound edge is, is pretty impressive. He plays with awesome leverage. He, he doesn't have a ton of bend to get around the edge. He needs to use his hands better, but when you see him use that speed to power, he can blow up some tackles. I want to see if he can get underneath some of these taller tackles. I think we've got a train wreck coming. He also needs to be more disciplined edge rusher. Um, he can kind of get sucked in and, and, and forget to set the edge because he wants to go make that play. Uh, so just seeing him be more disciplined is going to be big. But really athletic and powerful guy who I think is a lot of fun. Ebiketti, one of the best transfers of the year from Temple to Penn State. A little smaller. Has more bend than uh, some of these guys. He 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 could really put on a show or he could totally disappear. If he doesn't have the the powerful, uh, powerful enough hands when he's facing more athletic tackles, then it's going to be a tough week. Um, if he can use that edge the bending edge ability and, and the get off to his advantage and his he plays with his hair on fire he plays a lot bigger than he is against the round two uh it, it'll be really fun it's gonna be fun because he's so much smaller than these tackles the most approved's gotta be dominique robinson who moved from wide receiver to uh pass rusher for, for uh, miami of ohio and you can see he was a former receiver based on his athleticism he is a pure lean on speed type of rusher he's got bend he's, he plays hard but he's very raw. Uh, if he can, if he can prove himself by making making some, just having a, a solid week, I think someone's gonna bet on that. Those traits potentially in the third round. Um, Esezi from Minnesota is he's he's not as good as uh, Boy Mafi by any stretch, but six six two eighty five with that type of athleticism, I kind of want to take him and turn him into a five tech. Uh, he he. Plays, he's got he's really strong at the point of the ta- point of attack. So if you started asking him to, to play five tech and just two gap and take up space, keep guys clean, I think he'd do a really good job at that. And there's not a ton of pass rush there, but he's an athletic guy who can make some plays. Uh, Tony Smith reminds me so much of Jonathan Cooper last year. Not gonna wow you uh, with speed. Not gonna wow you with um, size. Just a really solid uh, pass rusher who plays hard against the run. Um, and Isaiah Thomas, I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, he's a bit of a tweener. They they asked him to play uh, five tech and four eye for them. Um, he really needs to show some pass rush. The linebacker room is loaded. Uh, 
We've got Utah's Devin Lloyd, Wyoming's Chad Muma, Baylor's Terrell Bernard, Penn State's Jesse Laqueta, Oklahoma's Brian Asamoa, Iowa State's uh, Mike Rose, Cincinnati's Darian Beavers, Troy Anderson from Montana State, Miami of Ohio former safety Sterling Weatherford, and Kansas' Kyron Johnson. Devin Lloyd is Devin Lloyd. Chad Muma is got the most approved just because he is one of the top linebackers in his class. He's coming over from uh, a group of five school. Does he have the athleticism to hang in coverage? He looked really good in coverage for Wyoming this past year. He is uh, very instinctual. He is very physical. He he reads and reacts uh, very fast. He's got the range to, to make plays against the run. Um, he's really aggressive. He can play Mike Sam or Will. You, you stick him wherever you want. How will he hold up in coverage? If he can, big time week for him. Maybe he sneaks into the first round a la Leighton Vander Esch a couple years ago. Uh, my, my my favorite guy is Jesse Laqueta. Jesse Laqueta also is Canadian, but he played this kind of edge rundown edge role for Penn State, where they just he, he was kind of a an off ball Sam type of linebacker, but they stick him at edge. He is maybe the most athletic linebacker here outside of Devin Lloyd, um, just with getting downhill. Uh, he has awesome hands. He ate guys up. He split double teams. He shot gaps. He was throwing the Iowa game, and he works in Iowa offensive line that uh, has a lot of talent. Um, now, I wonder if he gets reps at edge, and we get to see him as a pass rusher. Because he played so much edge at Penn State, I'm not totally sure if he is a linebacker at the next level. Um, I, I would really like to see him play uh, edge this week. Uh, Trell Bernard from Baylor is undersized, but he, he's almost like Devin Lloyd Light in terms of what he did this year for Baylor. Or maybe even a Kobe Dean Light. Um, just they blitzed the hell, of, uh, the hell out of him. He blew people up in the backfield all week. They, they or all, all year long. Um, they didn't ask him to do very much on cover downs. Uh, so... Can he cover some of these backs? Can he hang with the tight ends? Because if he can, maybe you're looking at a will linebacker at the, in the NFL. I love Terrell Bernard, um, but it's always a question of what can this dude do for me on passing downs. Uh, speaking of passing downs, Troy Anderson uh, and, and Sterling Weatherford are kind of sleepers just in terms of Anderson played all over the Montana State defense. He was their chess piece. He played a lot of overhang. They'd rush him as a uh, have him rush the passer. He played running back. He was a quarterback originally. Um, so I'm, I just want to see what he looks against like against group, or Power 5 uh, talent. I'm getting tired here. Needed an AJ today. My mouth hurts. Sterling Weatherford, a former safety who Miami, Ohio has to play single high even though he's 6'4", 220. He held up. So Getting to see him, I think it's exciting he's playing linebacker. Uh, a couple more quick ones. Brian Asamoah is a really athletic, uh, undersized linebacker, kind of like Terrell Bernard, who was very good for Oklahoma down the stretch. Can he cover some of these athletic backs, some of these bigger tight ends? That's how he'll make his money. Mike Rose is a bigger, kind of less athletic linebacker, who I think 30 years ago could be a starter in the NFL. But at 250... He's a little slow. He doesn't have great movement skills and coverage. Uh, solid eyes in zone, but I, I don't know if he's anything more than a special teams type of player. Darian Beavers is a guy I'm uh, fairly low on, but I think could be a starting Sam. I just don't know how early you draft a starting Sam linebacker. Um, I, I, I kind of have him as a priority free agent. 
He's physical. He's mean. He gets off blocks. But he, he just doesn't get places in a hurry. And then Kyron Johnson was late at. Kansas, kind of like Jesse Laqueta, Kansas played him a lot at edge. And just, I think, just to have their best athletic, most athletic front seven play, make some plays. I don't know what to expect from him. I'm kind of excited to see what he looks like. We are in the home stretch now as we get to the defensive backs. Starting at corner, I talked a little bit about two Castro Fields. I think he's he's my highest rated here. And it's mainly because of his footwork and his athleticism. But he really needs to show better ability to find the football in phase. And that if he does that, maybe maybe he, he shoots up the board this week. I just have a hard time seeing that with anyone here. Jalen Watson, I do think, becomes the biggest riser because he's a 6'3 corner. Not a lot of those. Washington State played him at nickel. They played him in the box as like a dime linebacker. He should be getting safety reps this week because it's uh, there's not a ton of safeties there. Um, I, I, I want to see if he, how he uses that size and physicality against some of these receivers, especially a Jahan Dotson would be fun. Obviously, that's a litmus test. Um Kobe Bryant, again, I think he kind of has the most to prove. He won the Thorpe. He's the big dog in terms of college career. But does he have the, the long speed and the, the movement skills um, to, to handle NFL talent? Uh, my favorite, though, is a guy who, out of nowhere, Fayetteville State's Joshua Williams. 6'3", real long, blows up everything in front of him. Don't throw a bubble screen on this guy. He will eat you alive. Uh, again, he he. How will he look against power five guys? Right, like he he's at. I thought he was at his best in off zone, where he can kind of just sit and read and react, be physical. Maybe he's a safety with that type of size. Um, uh, another guy from a school I've never heard of that makes two, Gregory Junior from. Washita Baptist, who's six foot one ninety, they asked him to do. Obviously, he's the best player on the, at the school. He, they asked him to kind of play all kinds of different coverage: uh, press off, press man, press zone, uh, off off zone. Um, and I thought his feet and his balance really stood out. Really calm. He kind of played as if he knew he was by far the best player on the field. Really good instincts in zone. Great eyes. Um, does he have the speed to play against NFL talent? We'll find out. Uh, and then Damari Mathis is the, is the final corner in the group um, from Pitt, who I don't really know where he is being viewed right now. Um, he he was a, a, a like a two two year starter for Pitt. He missed last season. I think he's at his best in man coverage. I think he's pretty fluid. He's got good feet. He's a late day three guy to pay attention to. I just don't love any of these corners, but there's a lot of size here and a lot of fun. I think we're this is going to be a good week to find out what type of players all these guys are, especially against the receivers. Safety group, on the other hand, I really like. I talked about Baylor's Jalen Petrie, Illinois' Kirby Joseph, and Baylor's JT Woods is also there. I think Kirby Joseph could do more for himself than uh, pretty much any non any guy not viewed as a top 50 pick right now just because of how natural he looked as a zone cover guy his ability to play single high or two deep that's big petrie needs to show what he can do in man coverage but he's a physical uh blitzing mf or as a nickel can he play a true more of a true safety role if that's what the team wants can he cover tight ends as a box safety we're gonna find out and then jt woods jt woods was a, a, a another late ad who 
He played a lot of too deep for Baylor. He always seemed to be around the football. He had a huge game against Oklahoma State in the championship, Big 12 championship game. Um, I think he's pretty fluid hips. He's not great man, but as a two deep zone safety, I kind of like him. He's got good eyes. He, he misses some tackles, but he's physical. And he always puts himself there. He's a, he's a day three guy I like. Um, that's all the positions. My mouth hurts a lot. I'm, I miss AJ. I'll never tell AJ that. But uh, if you listen this long, good for you. I'm not a Colin Coward. I now respect Colin Coward. Uh, but finally, I have to talk about special teams. Our kicker is Iowa State's Andrew Mevis, Penn State's Jordan Stout's the punter, and Pittsburgh's Cal Automitis is the long snapper. I don't know how you feel about that, but we got two guys from Pennsylvania, and Iowa is essentially a, a smaller version of Pennsylvania, uh, the way I view it. So, kind of, let's just call it an all Pennsylvania special teams crew uh, for the Jets in the national team. Um, thank you for lasting this long. If you enjoyed this, please, I will be doing the uh, American Team Coach by the Lions all by myself again. So, I, I, I don't know. If you can listen to two episodes of just me talking, good for you because I certainly can't.